Especially now, um, uh, a time where many things are getting lost in the mainstream. Uh, we do have a special episode for you guys, um, just to talk about you know the uh, recent happenings. Um, a lot of chaos. Obviously, I know a lot of people are confused, angry, frustrated, scared, and just to give you a little bit of background, um, just in the past few months. Uh, there have been uh, three highly publicized and highly grotesque and uh, uh, disturbing deaths. Um, you know, Ahmad Arbery was uh, shot and killed while jogging. Um, Brianna Taylor was also shot. Uh, she was shot by police officers uh, in her own home while just rela- uh, relaxing. Uh, she's actually in a, a EMT. Um, and George Floyd, um, as I'm sure all of you guys know, who was killed by a police officer uh, by means of asphyxiation uh, through the police officer, uh, basically pinning uh, George Floyd down with his knee on his neck for uh, many minutes. I think it was like nine minutes straight or something like that. And repeatedly telling the officer he can't breathe uh, until he was, uh, he basically just died in, in, in the middle of a crowd and um the nation is outraged um i think many people are have come to this uh, a very shocking awareness for the first time for a lot of people or at least uh uh in a new way of the brokenness and uh inequality in our nation um and it feels like um our nation is on fire and everything feels crazy and so, obviously, guys, um, we are by no means experts on this topic. We're not going to be talking today, you know, acting like we know everything or we know the experiences of um, our black brothers and sisters who are hurting. Uh, but um, we do want to talk about this and we do want to um, even process this. You know, this is our first time talking about this together, actually. And um, I think what we hope will happen as we just talk and share is that we do provide a perspective, um, hopefully that is maybe lost in the mainstream, so to say, or it's not as heard, um, that will be relevant, hopefully, hopefully helpful, and most of all, um, hopefully biblical in a way that um, can actually uh, really guide us well. And uh, also just hopefully this helps you as you may be processing through some of these things um, to hear us talk about this and and again process on our own as well um, as we kind of share our own frustrations and thoughts uh, on the matter so obviously this goes um, um, I mean there's no need to even say this officially but um, our hearts are for the black community black lives matter and um, we hope that this can be a step towards especially the church engaging actually in these uh matters that the lord cares about a lot yeah that's Um, well said yeah um thank you and 
So, I mean, maybe I can just start by just sharing what I've been going through. It's just, uh, it's been crazy. Um, I don't know how you guys have been feeling. Um, well, before I even start, um, remind you guys, my name's Daniel Ha, and I'm here with Stephen Choi, Andrew Huang. Why don't you guys say hello to the listeners? Hey, everyone. Hello. Um, dang, it's been crazy, huh, guys? Um, it's uh, It's been so much... I'll say this, um, without making this, see, I'm so scared to say this because I know that I feel like a lot of people are making it about themselves um, when it's not, but I'm going to just be honest and maybe a little vulnerable. It's been very overwhelming and um, I feel like there's a lot of reasons for that. Hmm. One of which just being, um, to be quite honest, um, it's almost like uh, when you like, you know, when there's like a bunch of junk in your closet that you've ignored for like years and one day you open it and it's like, oh, my gosh, like you, you it's almost like seeing it for the first time, but it's been there all along and you just don't even know what to do with it. Yeah. And as a pastor, it's especially overwhelming because it's kind of it's like, dang, like. Why haven't we been engaged in this? You know, why, why did it take all of this for us to start talking about this and, and stuff? And um, I don't know. That's just how I, that's one of the big things I've been wrestling with too. It just, and I wanted, I want to do something, you know, but um, <laughs> even like the question of like, what do I do or what can we do? Right. As, and as, as Asians, you know, as a Korean American church, um, mainly our population being Asian and or white, right? Um, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know, thoughts? I, 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 that's, that's all I have to say. That's where I'm at. That's where I've been feeling. Well, I guess I'll, I feel like maybe to try to answer your question, like why haven't we cared about this before? Probably a couple things. Number one, People have been talking a lot about Asians being the model minority. Um, I don't want to get too much into that, although there's something to be said about that. Personally, I think that unless you've been the victim of injustice, unless you've been the recipient of racism yourself, you don't understand the sting of it. You don't really sympathize with it that much. And yes, Asians, you know, are the uh, are on the receiving end of, of racism in America. Um, you know, I'm sure we all have our stories or experiences about that, but not to the extent that black people do. Um, I think that recently I've, I've noticed on on my social network feeds, a lot of Asians have been very vocal. Like all of a sudden, Asians are like super woke, and um, and I I wonder if part of it is because for like with coronavirus, we've been hearing about and maybe experiencing racism yeah. um, ourselves uh, in a way that's hit home for us, and so all of a sudden we're like we have this newly heightened awareness of of racism and injustice, and so when we see things like Ahmaud Arbery or George Floyd or, or even um, what was the 
Amy Cooper and what was the guy's name in Central Park? I don't remember, oh, but man. the Something Cooper. Yeah, um, you know the gentleman who basically um, had the cops call on it, called yeah. on him for asking for, this lady to put the dog. For on asking her, her on to the follow leash. the rules, right? Yeah, right. Um, you know, I I think that all of a sudden we kind of we can empathize and we we understand that this is wrong. It's wrong, and it's not just these you know isolated incidents, but now we kind of. I think now we kind of see that like the things that black people have been saying all along that there's like a system of injustice or racism, a culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for the first time we kind of like we're not suspicious of that and we're kind of like, I think you're right. You, you, I think there's something there. I, sorry, you say suspicious of that. Um, I, like, yeah, I wonder how, much, how many of us, yeah, were in the past, just to be really honest. And I'll be brave, and I, I might sound really ignorant, um, but I'll just be honest. Yeah, there were times where in the past I would, you know, hear some of these things on the news. Again, this is none of this stuff is new, right? It's not like black people started suddenly experiencing this stuff. But I think it was really easy for me to buy into, like, the, yeah, like, but... Like, I mean, come on, like, are you just complaining or this is one isolated incident? Because there is so much of that language, right? And I will confess, um, yeah, I did have a suspicion. And, and a lot of that, too, is because, like, I mean, let's be honest, guys. I don't have a lot of black friends, um, you know, growing up in uh, San Diego and in Orange County most of my life. Guys, I went to high school in Huntington Beach, you know. Um, you probably knew some of those guys that were protesting dude, at the beach, right? I think, I swear, <laughs> I'll bet you, I'll bet you some of my alumni are there, you know? So, yeah, I don't know, just that, when you say suspicion, yeah, go ahead, Andrew. I think my story is similar. Um, you know, growing up in Washington, I grew up around Seattle, but I spent my life mostly in white suburbs, like a majority of my life, other than my college years. And even with, um, you know, the protesting police brutality, like it's been going on for years. And, um, part of me, especially seeing like Facebook and Instagram with now suddenly Asians care, like part of me gets really pissed off. Cause I, I mean, like, why didn't you care before? But I'm saying that as someone who maybe cared two, three years ago. And so it's, it's not even like I'm woke. It's sometimes it's like this woke contest. And I get it's frustrating because it's like, oh no, I, mm-hmm. I care more. Like, oh, I care this much. I, I cared first. I cared first, right? That's that's my attitude. And so, yeah, it's it's um. I think it's great that people are finally mm-hmm. caring, at at the baseline. Right. I right. think the competition stuff is always going to be there, but yeah, it's just it's even personally, it's been so frustrating that, um, for me, it's taken like. You know, over 20 years to like kind of get a grip and and realize okay this is a reality that you know black people face every day and it's taken this riot and this you know all these protests across the country for like uh, i feel like a majority of younger asians to kind of get a grip and uh, see their place in this madness um and even their complicity right and so that has been a really frustrating and like almost for me like shameful uh 
line of thought where I'm just sitting here thinking like, man, why did it take this much? Like, yeah. I think what you said about complicity really strikes a chord because when I first saw the video, I mean, what Officer Chauvin or what, I can't, I don't really know how to pronounce his name, but the officer who had his knee on George Floyd's neck, as he was doing that, there was the Asian officer, Officer Tao, that was, that was standing in front telling the crowd to get back saying, don't do drugs. And I felt like that was such a poignant picture yeah. of Asian complicity in, you know, this uh, culture or this system yeah. of racial injustice and yeah, violence. It was and, like a perfect like microcosm, you know. And and I feel like that's for me at least that was that really hit home. Yeah. Like, I I don't I mean, this isn't the first time that I've cared about these issues. Not that it matters. It's like Andrew said, like you said, it's not a woke contest. But to me, it just it just felt like such a huge slap in the face and a wake up call for for us as Asians. Yeah. Like we can't we we we're we're not bysta- innocent bystanders. I. Yeah, to add to what you're saying, I've only seen the video, I think, uh, maybe once or twice. I mean, it's pretty disturbing. And I know people have different opinions on, like, how much you should watch it or not. I don't know. But um, I've only seen it a couple of times. So I'm not, I don't, maybe I'm wrong. But from what I remember, my memory, my recollection of watching that video and watching um, uh, 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 Tao, right? Um, Officer Tao. I was embarrassed and angry, but also like at myself <laughs> in that I wanted to be like, I, I did initially say, man, what an idiot, like say something, do something. You're a disgrace to Asians. But I also saw myself, you know, and I imagine myself in that position. And I want to say as a Christian, of course, I wouldn't have allowed that. And I, and I think I would, I, I think I can confidently say that, but there's another part of me that's maybe would have been like very scared too, you know? And, and I felt like he was scared. And that's what I remember. I felt like he was afraid to like, I felt like he knew what he had to do, but he was also, you know, when people are scared and they get mad, you know, I see that all the time, right? Um, that's what I kind of saw. Maybe I'm not remembering it right, but, or maybe I'm just like projecting too much of myself onto it. But I mean, that's just what I kind of thought uh, when, when you shared, Stephen. It's like, yeah, before we even demonize the guy, it's like how much of, of ourselves is is in that situation, you know? Um, I would add, we should see ourselves in the situation, and I think, and then demonize them. Mm-hmm. I still think we need mm-hmm. to demonize ourselves. Right, right, and, right. And not just be like, policemen are bad or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. specifically Asian policemen working working with the whites are bad but I gotta be honest too like this happened with Virginia Tech as well and this is gonna sound terrible but I'm just gonna say it like when when I heard about the the, the his death George Floyd's death in my mind I was like oh they're probably all white right they're probably all white people white officers and then <laughs> the minute I heard oh one guy's Vietnamese I'm like oh dang it one of ours Hmm. That that was went through my head. Like, why did he have mm-hmm. to be Asian? Mm-hmm. Right? It's almost like we could have been clean from this situation. I know that's terrible, mm-hmm. but th- that's the first thought that went through my mind. The same thing happened with the Virginia Tech massacre, mm-hmm. where we found out the guy was Korean. I was mm-hmm. like, oh man, he's Korean. Now Korean people have are you know 
they can have mental problems and and do big violence. So it's like it's like almost like oh, not our community. Like oh, that's it's almost like it's inconvenient if it includes us. It's better. I'm great at demonizing white people, but just the inclusion of the Asian is like okay, it's something we th- yeah. That's like it was poetic, right? Mm. We mm. we are part of this. We, we can't be outside of it. I want to I want to comment a little bit, and I think what I'm seeing is what I'm seeing online is essentially you know most almost everyone says that the the death of George Floyd, no matter what ethnicity you are, whether you're pro police or anti police or whatever, it's like everyone's saying the death of George Floyd was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think you know some people are saying. Black Lives Matter, and then I see a ton of people saying all lives matter. Do you um, do you really see that still? That's so yeah. Wow. No, it's it's at least in the things that I've been seeing, it's all over. Um, a lot. I mean, like, like nor like I don't know how to like normal people, if that makes sense. Normal people, uh, for the most part, white. But like I've seen posts like that have been shared very widely. Like on Facebook, for example, yeah, and uh, people will say Black Lives Matter, and you know, there's a white white person that says All Lives Matter, um, and then tons and tons of likes on that comment, and then like an Asian person jumps in and calls them a name, you know, and I, and I think that there's like a ton of name calling going back and forth, and a ton of demonizing um, on both sides, like you know, maybe um, the the woke people are like demonizing white people and then maybe conservative whatever white people are demonizing the looters and the protesters um just to talk about like complicity and whatnot um to me living in asia it's super clear that racism is not unique to america it's not unique to white people um when i was in vietnam um a few months ago before I came here to Taiwan, um, Vietnam, where I live, is a big tourist destination. So we have tourists from Asia, uh, from China, Korea, and Europe primarily. Um, There were Europeans bringing the virus in and people started um, stop, like they stopped serving. um, Like they started basically saying white people are not allowed at my restaurant. Uh, I myself... That's awesome. um, I myself went to, uh, you know, I remember getting a bowl of noodles somewhere no. and then everywhere that like usually like when Vietnamese people know that you're a foreigner, they they smile so big like they love foreigners. But right around the time when like Koreans, Korea started blowing up with coronavirus, like I started getting the uh, funniest looks. Wow, yeah. um, like assuming that I was from Korea, one guy that was, you know, repairing my motorbike specifically asked me, are you from China? He's like, there was some Chinese people that came last week. I told them to go away. Um, you know. Did you lie? Black people. Did I did I lie? No, I said I said I'm from America. Nice, nice, nice. Um, um, you know, well, now you I know. Say that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I know Africans in um, in Vietnam who are from English speaking countries who can't get jobs as English speakers or English teachers because they're black. Mm. So. Let me just say, like, racism is not a white thing. <laughs> Can I? Um, I don't okay. think. Yeah, racism is not is not isolated 
to um, a certain group of people. Yeah. And I think that we need to make clear that racism, no matter where it comes from or who it's directed to, is wrong. That being said, okay. in our country, right, there is kind of a, a, a hierarchy, I would say, of uh, like if you were to go to the ER and like a bunch of people are suffering or like, you know, have racist uh, injuries or whatever. Um, it just kind of weird analogy, but let's say like you're in a yeah emergency room and people are are there to be treated of the rate of their racism uh, or that that they've they've sustained. Obviously, I think we can all safely say at this point, black people are the victims of racism more than anybody else. And there's there's probably like a totem pole, right? Um, however, I think it does need to be like what gets lost in the conversation in my mind is the fact that like. It's it's not just one group of people that are the perpetrators or or complicit in racism. I want to push back slightly. I agree with you that racism's prevalent. Prevalent? Prevalent? Prevalent, yeah. maybe. What's the word I'm trying to say? Pervasive. Prevalent. Pervasive. I think Pervasive. I, I oh. push them together. Uh, in all cultures. However, I, I don't whatever. But like I think white racism is a specific potent brand of it that we've exported throughout the world. The reason why I say this is because America has this crazy history of, you know, pretty big race incidents, at least in the past, I don't know, in recent history. And that because of Hollywood and the amount of media that we produce and you know, we have the kind of the global stage in a lot of ways. I feel like that type of racism was kind of like exported or like, you know, visible throughout the world. And so mm. I, I get that other countries have it. I think even when it comes to, this is not to um, excuse Asians, but I feel like the ways in the ways in which Asians are racist is very related to how white people are racist. We jump on the same bandwagons. We say the same uh, talking points. Uh, I feel like that brand of racism is what we put onto ourselves too. This is this is the idea of the modern minority thing, where we we think we're white. Like in a lot of places, we get the same privileges as white people until we don't. Until coronavirus hits, and then we're just foreigners like everyone else. But I feel like there is something. There's something insidious about the, uh, specifically the white racism. And you can, I mean, this is historical, but like the white Jesus, whitewashing history, you know, uh, the victors write the history. And it, I feel like this is, we can, we can go back to Europeans, but like there's something else. There's like a, it's like a different kind. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know how much of that I agree with. I think you have a point. I know that we're much more familiar with the, as you said, the white brand of racism as a product of the fact that we live in America. Um, we don't talk about things like in China, they're detaining a million Muslim Uyghurs in concentration camps. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it's not like there aren't systemic things that are going on around the world. We just don't 
we're not aware of them because we're not woke enough. Um, yeah, I I think I heard yeah. you saying like, it's not we don't have to focus on white racism, but all racism around the world. I feel like that's not helpful in, in the current situation. So so I, Maybe I, I wouldn't necessarily. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying that that's the case. What I'm saying is this. Racism, we should de- demonize racism. Yeah. We shouldn't demonize, we should not like allow, as Christians, I don't think we should allow kind of the, the prevalent narratives that are out there to basically whitewash anybody's racism. Um, that being said, yeah. that being said, I do think that in the narrative that we see going on, in the conversation that we see going on right now in social media or whatever, the people that I see that are still they like they still don't get it typically do tend to be white. Yeah. Um, so I'll just give you an example. And if I am slandering some this person, you know, it's, that's not my intent. But I'm just going to tell you a story of kind of how I was processing this. thing. I mean, this is so confusing. It's such a confusing and chaotic time. Yeah. And I've been f- trying to figure out, like, well, what is the Christian response? How ought to be, how, how ought we to be responding? There are people that are, you know, there's so many different voices. And so I was thinking, like, I wonder what local pastors in Minneapolis are saying. Hmm. And then obviously the first person that I thought of was John Piper. His church is not far from, from where this happened. Um, oh no! He's like Mark Piper, man. He's Piper's like the my dean. Boy. You can't touch no. reform Jesus. <laughs> I, I uh, let me, let me preface what I'm about to say by saying he is he's the dean in some ways of American, you know, uh, pastor. He's he's like our, you know, as close to Billy Graham as you can get for for our generation, and you know, preeminent theologian, especially and, for Andrew, <laughs> <laughs> preeminent theologian and. You know, sure. not the three of us will never, you know, um, be the type of, of man or, or pastor that, that he has been able, you know, will never have the impact I don't know. Um, that, that he's had. Um, that being said, like, you know, he, he wrote a prayer for uh, the situation, like in, in response to the situation. And it was beautiful. It was theologically correct. He mentioned George Floyd and his family the you know prayers for the city of minneapolis prayers for the police you know just basically covered the angles but he didn't mention systemic injustice or racism against mm. black people at large mm. and at first i was like wait did i misread this and it just it wasn't really in there i mean he mentioned it maybe tangentially but not to the same degree of attention that he gave to all these other dynamics that are at play and I was a little bit shocked and quite honestly disappointed um, because it's not his theology that's at fault here I think maybe if there's anything that's kind of missing it might be just his perspective um, his insight maybe into the black experience in America and I'm not saying that the three of us are experts we're super privileged in and of us, you know, on our own. But I just felt like um, I, I, I think that's what I see going on uh, for people that kind of still don't get it is 
unless you've been in someone's shoes, you just don't get it, you know, just like us. Um, yeah. Yeah, and and you know, you said that we're not. You're not saying that we're the experts. I mean, if anything, it's completely the opposite of that. Yeah. We we read Piper, dude. We, right. you know, what I'm saying we read all those guys. We studied them. We learned from them. Um, and now it's like, oh my gosh, like we thought they knew everything about everything. Um, and not that they're not like amazing dudes and there's so much to learn. And we have learned a lot. Andrew might not agree. Um, but yeah, I think that's been a rude awakening for me. It's like, whoa, all these dudes who I like thought were like, um, you know, like, like so tight with i mean they are tight with god but you, you know what i'm saying like the gurus of our faith and like seeing, they've got everything figured yeah, out yeah but seeing that in in certain ways they're like really um for lack of better word uh, just say they're, they're they have such a narrow perspective on certain things was very jarring um i remember i mean steven you and i talked about this when uh, wayne grudem came out and like Yo. Very, okay. very strongly supported Trump. Yeah. In a way that was like, I'm not saying you're like evil if you support Trump, but it was like excessive and it just seemed very out of touch. And I was very shocked by that because when I was in college, it was a trend for young Korean Christians to carry around Grudem's systematic theology because, you know, so he was the bee's knees, you know, he, he knew what was up, but it's like, what the heck? Um, so, yeah. so, so that's why I'm saying, look, like these guys, they know more than I'm ever going to know. Um, and it's not their theology that's necessarily it's not their it's not their knowledge uh, of, of the Bible or, or their theology. That's that's the problem. I think it's how to apply that to the world or even to how do you like awareness of kind of uh, how it should be applied you know, in uh, because of the situations on the ground. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I wish that they would, I wish that they could just be like, yeah, we don't know those things. So like, we're even willing to listen, you know? Yes. And, and that'll be so much better. And it's okay that they don't know. So I think that's what I'm learning is it's okay not to know as long as we're willing to listen and learn, mm-hmm. right? This was, I don't know how much we can go into this, but there was a point where Lecrae and, uh, had left that, the whole circle, the whole reform circle, and then did his own thing. And he wrote this long article about um, him versus this. like white evangelicalism. I remember that. Right? This. And he used white evangelicalism. And guess who responded in a disappointed tone? Godfather Piper. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. He wrote a response article being like, you know, we basically saying like we raised you. You know, not everyone's bad. Not all the white people are bad. Like similar stuff. And so. By the way, Piper went to Fuller. I don't know if that, you know, that's what you guys get. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, we just, we had a talk last week about Fuller being super, like, you know, con- contextual and, and woke and whatnot. And then he left because he I didn't mean, agree you, with what we what we were about. So, you know. Oh, okay. I, did, what I happens? That. But, I mean, Fuller was a lot different back then, too, from what I understand. Not that, that I don't say that as, like, a oh, criticism. Oh, yeah. It was, it was a lot it's different. Just, yeah. I mean, it, was, it was probably more conservative, and he, he didn't like that still. Yeah, which is interesting. Which yeah, is that, crazy. No, that's true. That is that is the case. But I think, so. funnily, I think I did this too. But like when stuff like this happens, 
we tend to like want guidance from you know what, who we think are experts or like the prominent voices in Christianity. What color are all the prominent voices? Not to be super racist again, but they're all old white dudes. Mm-hmm. And it, nothing's wrong with being old and white, but if only they would like have the I don't know, like if they were like point to a black person and have them speak on your behalf or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Don't try to fill in with like you know, you don't know. And and that should be just like Dan was saying. Like, why don't you just admit that? But then a lot of people, and I'm I'm worried we're we might be doing this too. But I think we're a little different because we're just trying to figure it out. But you know, a lot of posts, a lot of videos are like, well, as a, you know, as a pastor of a mega church, this is how I feel, and like, as a pastor of a big church in Korea, this is how I feel. But it's like, I don't think we need those answers. I think, you know, yeah. why aren't we letting other people? Why aren't we letting the people on the ground? speak or lead the narrative i was talking to a friend um and she said she she's black and she was telling me that what kind of enrages her is when basically she feels like other people are telling her that her feelings are illegitimate yeah that the way that she feels you know that she's been treated by other people um uh, is you know she shouldn't feel the way it's it's not real it's not legitimate you're misinterpreting whatever mm. um, but I think that's that's kind of the tone that I've that I that I think I hear when people say all lives matter mm-hmm. it's nobody disagrees that all lives matter Get out of here but it's just you know we want to emphasize we want to point out that there is this problem of systemic racism against black people that black people especially those that live in you know black neighborhoods or or you know areas of poverty like they they get dealt with um by police in ways that the rest of us don't really have to worry about and you know there's i've read articles that say like statistically like you know it's not really a racial thing it's really a an income thing you know if you're in a white poor white neighborhood you know you'd be treated the same way statistically speaking okay i don't i don't really know um, but to say that, like, okay, it, you know, f- for the most part, Daniel, you say you don't know that many black people, you know, Andrew, I'm not sure about you. I mean, for me, like I grew up in Orange County too. I had my two best friends were black, but even then it's like their experience was living in Orange County. Like how many of us that live in the suburbs know black people that live in the hood? Um, how many of us have been to South Central? Um, you know, we, for the most part, we all just hang out with people that are just like us. Um, you know, and how can we speak so authoritatively about other people's experience? Um, so I, I, I do think that that's something that we are guilty of. Um, I think maybe Asians are realizing that we should stop doing that like during this time for various reasons. And unfortunately, the people that I see that, you know, still don't get that. Yeah, they do. They do tend to be white. And I'm not saying that I I actually think that we should sympathize a little like I well, greatly. And and I'll just say this, um, you know, as Asian Americans, we're kind of getting more, you know, aware of this stuff or more woke or whatever. How woke are your how woke, woke are our parents? How woke is your senior pastor if you go to an immigrant church? 
You know, like yeah. what did they talk about yesterday on Sunday? You know, how how aware of are they of the situation and, and how much are they speaking into it? And yeah, you know, it's it's like they don't know. You know, they just don't know. And, you know, as yeah. uh, if you're going to demonize white people, I feel like we should demonize our, our own parents and our, our own pastors. You know, it's like that's 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 the perspective where i'm coming from it's like i i don't know if the demonizing is helpful in any way or even you know even christian at all yeah and i think part of that steve i totally agree with you and i'm not gonna lie i'm pressured by it but i think there is this um yeah pressure to like on social media to be to look woke to appear woke um i don't know if you guys have felt that but um i sense that and it's i think that's part of like it's and I'm not saying it's it's good in that you know people are aware I'm more aware in ways that I wasn't before you know I confess um, but I think there is like a lot of pressure to just you know to to appear woke and I think with that comes like yeah like you said demonizing people um, and I like what you said Andrew where it's like the demonizing isn't wrong per se as long as we know that we are uh, we are guilty as well, right? Um, and let me just ask you this: It's like you know we're seeing all this stuff on on Facebook and Instagram. Like I I I challenge somebody to show me what's going on on Cacao Talk, Cacao Story, or Line or WeChat. You know what I mean? Like the the social media platforms that our parents use. Like I'm I'm almost I I'm speculating, okay? But I would be surprised if there's the level of awareness or concern among those, you know, among those communities? I mean, yep. generally, definitely not, right? Definitely not. So, um, yeah. Um, I, something I've noticed, um, I think when it comes to, like, people who say, like, all lives matter, um, people who are a little bit, uh, who seem not as, like, um, you know, for just uh, are not not as aware uh, their perspectives seem a little off a, a consistent theme that i see is like a desire it seems almost like people want to like kind of just sweep things under the rug like and i'm gonna admit i've had that temptation where it's like dude this is like a lot to handle it's so much easier just to not really fully engage and i feel like um uh, I think one of the ways that I wanted to respond uh, to that feeling is to be like, guys, like, kind of like, stop this. No, no, like, protest. Let's, like, let's do this calmly. Let's just talk about this. And um, I think there's a lot of talk about that. There's, I don't know if you guys know, but there's a lot of controversy on how much you're for, like, the protesting. Um, obviously, no one wants to see, like, um, you know, people's businesses being ransacked and stuff. And there's a lot of terrible things happening that are inexcusable. But um, yeah, maybe your thoughts on that, because that's an interesting like kind of side conversation that's almost taking over the conversation right now, uh, if you guys haven't noticed. Any, any thoughts? I think that's the point. Hmm. If you get people talking about how to protest, the original meaning of the protest is doesn't matter anymore. Mm -hmm. So there's definitely narratives being pushed by, I mean, to be honest, my parents have been watching the news for like, you know, the past couple of days. All they show is the looting, the violence, mm -hmm. 
-hmm. they'll keep replaying the same clips of the same store being looted and they'll they'll rotate a few clips but there'll be one screen where it's just continual uh looping of people robbing stores I actually i actually know what you're talking about yeah dude it's that so too. frustrating mm -hmm. right and so you can only think oh my gosh everyone is violent and everyone's just stealing stuff and then it's, then it becomes about like oh is this even like a protest so that conversation i mean we should have it but i think it's like it's become this distraction hmm. and i mean i don't like social media but it has been good kind of getting a more realistic view of people on the ground because they'll post videos of mm -hmm. them actually mm -hmm. at protests mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. showing a lot of the peaceful a lot of the yeah. um, a lot demonstrations a lot of yeah a lot of organization yeah. um but you know we just don't see that that's that's the frustrating part where if you if you just look at the loop then of course yeah this is this is meaningless violence for no reason mm -hmm. everyone's just taking advantage of the situation is happening. People are taking advantage of the situation, but um, I don't know. Yo, yo, who is taking advantage of the situation? There's a lot. There's been articles that have been put out and police reports that have been put out that, um, you know, there's people from out of state coming in, joining the protests. Like a lot of arrest records show that they're either from out of state or they're, there's affiliation with gangs, there's affiliation with organized crime. And so there are opportunistic people. There's this idiot. I don't know if you guys know Logan Paul, but he, he joined one of the riots and lootings yeah. just to get YouTube views. And so there's oh like disgusting people like this jumping in, using it, you know, as a cover to, you know, do what they're going to do. Okay. So, so, you know, there are, yeah, there are tons of, there are people that are um, taking advantage of the situation. Yeah. Some of them are, are black people from the communities. Yeah. Right, and they're looting and whatever, rioting. There are also people like Antifa mm -hmm. who are like, you know, super woke or whatnot, but they're going in there, they're the one they're busting stores. I've seen videos posted I, I posted something on my on my Facebook as well. Um, just kind of it's like they're doing this, but who's gonna get the blame? Exactly. Right? In in the court in the court of public opinion. Yeah. Um, you know, I've I've read also reports that white nationalists are coming in there and like, yep. you know, they want to um, create a ruckus as well. So there's a lot of people that are like hijacking George Floyd's death and the awareness that's coming from that to push their own agenda. Mm. And and that's yeah, it's pretty disgusting. There's another side of this, however, where. This might sound messed up, but there could be actually people that are at the protest that are also getting mad and vandalizing and destroying things. And so a lot of the one thing that is a mistake is to say all of this violence and this unrest is outside parties. No, no, no. Yeah, of yeah, course yeah. not. Right, right. So right. that's 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 the yeah, other clearly not the case. Yeah, that's the mm -hmm. swing on the other side. Mm -hmm. But I might get in trouble for this, but um, a lot of people you know, more woke people, are, they're saying like, hey, even if it is the protesters, uh, what what did you leave them with? What other right. choice did they have? Mm -hmm. So so I understand that. Yeah. You know, and I've, I've, you know, I've heard people, I've seen people post stuff like, well, you know, when Colin Kaepernick peacefully demonstrated by taking a knee. Yeah. You didn't accept that when so-and-so made this speech at, at the Oscars or, or whatever, you know, um, it, it didn't, 
you didn't accept that you said that it wasn't the right venue whatever um and so it's like what recourse do do people have to make their voice heard and i i understand that um sorry daniel you're gonna say something no um i mean i think i was just gonna say like it's um um I mean, maybe you can finish. I'll just say it. I'm talking. Um, I would say, like, obviously, it's 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 not good to do those things, right? I don't think anyone's saying that. Um, but I kind of liken it to, and and maybe you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. It's like if you if you antagonize somebody and antagonize somebody until they finally punch you in the face. And then you're like, why the F are you punching me in the face? Um, I think we're kind of missing the point. Is I guess that's what mm. I'm saying, you know? Yeah. I'm not uh, saying it's, of course, it's like, we should still say, like, hey, don't punch people in the face. But it, I'm, I'm again, I'm not trying, because, you know, we have friends right. who are out there who are endangering themselves. Like we have people in law enforcement who are good right. dudes. And I don't, right. and, and people who have businesses. And I'm not saying like, yeah, smash those. Women. I'm not saying that. But I'm, I just want to address that, and I think that's more the point is that all these all these huh. voices are creating this distraction from the real issue. Yeah, because it's like if people are posting like stuff that's emphasizing don't be violent. I feel like it's that's that's I'm not saying those people are bad who are posting that, but I'm saying successfully the distraction has happened. You missed the sure. point. And we've lost sight of what's going on, right? Yeah, I think I'm, that's I'm glad you brought yeah. it back to there. I'm, yeah. I'm glad you, I'm glad I'm glad you took it there. Yeah. I, I do think while I, you know, last thing I want to say about the protest is while I while I empathize with why people are doing it, I don't think it's I don't think it's right as Christians, you know, I don't think we should, you know, condone that or endorse that. There are there are better ways to speak out uh, against injustice. Um, you know, I think in my mind, Martin Luther King Jr. has always been one of my personal heroes, you know, probably the greatest American of the last century. And there's a reason why he is universally um, lauded and why Malcolm X was a great leader in his own right, but not we don't we don't celebrate his birthday as a nation. Um, you know, not to say that he didn't fight for things that were right. Um, so, you know, I do think how you fight matters. And um, yeah, can I? I'm not, I know people won't like what I said. But mm -hmm. Go ahead, Andrew. Sorry, can I push back a little bit? Yes. I'll, I'll, again, it's not my experience, but a lot of stuff I've been reading um, is basically like there is no MLK without Malcolm X. You can't have the peaceful resolve without all the noise and ruckus that was made by the Black Panthers and Malcolm X, right? If it was just MLK. Honestly, I, I feel like a lot, a lot of people would say, like, yeah, civil rights wouldn't have happened. Part of, before, I think it was um, Alabama, uh, the, oh, shoot. One of the big protests in Alabama, the, his famous speech, oh, was, it starts with a B, the city starts with a B, Burning, Birmingham. Birmingham. Yeah, before that speech, uh, there, was a, there were riots across the country. And in that speech is where he says, you know, uh, Writing is the language of the uh, oppressed, right? It's it's the it's the voice of people that have been pushed down too long, and then in in the next few sentences, he's like, if there's no ju there's no justice, 
uh, if there's no peace, right? The, no peace, no justice. So even he was admitting, like, if we want to stop the rioting and stuff, it's to enact justice. So it wasn't that right. he was decrying. It's like, oh, that's that's not what I'm about. He was saying, hey, listen to this. This is part of it. So it was almost obviously not an endorsement, not like a call to arms, but he was saying, hey, this is what happens, right? And this is why you, we need you guys, politicians, to right. fix what's going on. So it, it wasn't even either or. It, was, it had to be both, which is messed up. But again, when you corner people like that, when you, when you for hundreds of years, uh, given the, the short end of the stick, I don't know what else, what other recourse is there. But I think it's good that you differentiated. It's not a call to arms. It's not. Right? It's not. Yeah. Right. That's not what any of us are saying. But, but at the same time, it's like, hey, this is what happened. Like, what else? What do you I think it's more like, what do you expect? You know, I think that's kind of like my yeah. perspective. It's like, so like, yeah, I guess it's like sin begets sin. Right? Like, what do yes. you expect? I think and you, and, what, what yeah. makes me a little uncomfortable, not that you guys, it's for you guys, but when I hear the rhetoric of like, um, it's wrong, right? We as Christians think it's wrong. makes me think like, no, they're not. Like, it, it's almost like you, you can't really say that. I think that makes me a little uncomfortable because you're like, oh, you guys are all morally wrong. Mm-hmm. But confusingly, I don't think they are. Right, the people that are genuinely frustrated and angry about it, I think, hey, uh, that's what you got to do. Not that's what you got to do, but something to that extent. It's like, like they've been pushed to that extent, basically. Yeah, and to not, not that you guys were condemning them, but sometimes I hear Christian leaders condemning uh, these people. They're like, hey, you're. Well, I definitely think that if that's all you're condemning, yeah, then you've got you've got the I, wrong perspective. Exactly. I think that's yeah. a great way to put it because that's that's yeah really like from at least the christian side of things that's that's what i hear mainly not like we stand with you we'll be out there on the streets if, with you but it's like you guys are not this not good don't do I wonder this if we in my hear this a lot yeah maybe this is what you're hearing a lot andrew is like we pray against racism or we pray for healing but yeah this the, is the not right me, this is, you know and there's like the huge yeah. emphasis on i think i think and i'm not saying that people who say this um again i don't want to like you know, condemn anybody. Sure. But maybe not, that's what you're not bad people. Maybe that's what you're hearing. Cause I feel like I've heard stuff like that. Yeah. And that's what made me. Yeah. Yeah. So, and honestly, I think that's a conversation not to make it super woke, but like, that's a conversation that privileged people can have. Like we have the choice to be ethical. We have the choice to peacefully do something and you know, we don't have to steal, but this is like, again, what are the, what are the choices there? Well, Logan Paul is extremely rich. I mean, he's just another, again, opportunist. Okay, I, Andrew, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. it's. I don't agree. Okay. Because you're saying that there is no choice, but essentially you're saying there is no choice but to sin. I, I feel like that's what you're saying. Not no choice, but I don't think people should condemn it. I think it's not not that it's excusable, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it shouldn't we be shouldn't like demonize it. Yeah, but even not even demonize it because Christians know how to make it flowery. Like we should be better. Like I hear like a a backhanded condemnation of like, come on guys, is it that hard to not be mad or like not be violent? But that's yeah, maybe, that's hits weird. 
Yeah, it's I yeah. I, I guess the way that I would want to express it is if you're more concerned about the rioting and the looting of stores and businesses than you are of the the mm-hmm. racial injustice, okay. then you you have the wrong perspective. I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. Your emphasis your your emphasis is incorrect. Yeah. Like yeah. These people are made in God's image and are eternally valuable. Um thing businesses, stores are just things. And it's very clear where the hierarchy of of immorality is. Yeah. yeah. I, I will add I mean this might not be uh whatever, but um in the sneaker world, okay? In LA, a bunch of sneaker stores were robbed, uh, completely gutted out, like high value. Okay, I mean, this is just the game, but uh, one of the most famous, I don't know if you guys know Virgil Abloh, but he's the off-white guy, right? He's the he's okay. a creator of off-white, but he, um, sorry, I'm going to put the battery in. He, he recently tweeted, he's like, hey, this is disgraceful. Uh, don't, don't touch our stores. How could you guys? You guys are a disgrace. It's shameful. Mm-hmm. And he got a lot of crap for that because, I mean, he's black, right? So he got a lot of crap for that being like, hey, man, what, where's your focus? You sell like $200 socks, right? C- take it easy. This other guy, uh, Sean Withers- Witherspoon, I don't know if you guys know him, but he did a big Nike collab in the past year. But his store got ransacked and he immediately tweets, uh, products can be replaced, people cannot. Hmm. Not saying hmm. every business should be like, yeah, destroy my store. But right, I right. think it's exactly what you were saying. I'm not trying to be insensitive to business owners, but... His, a lot of people's mentality, especially like even black business owners, are like, hey man, uh, if this is what it, if this is what happens, this is what happens. But we need to focus on people cannot be replaced, right? Mm-hmm. People are dying on the streets. Let's focus on that. So I, I agree with you. I, I think I'm. A, I was like slightly triggered because of all the stuff I've no, been I, reading. I totally, I totally get that, mm-hmm. Andrew. Like yeah. that's actually what you're stating is exactly where I was, like 48 hours ago. Yeah. You know, and it's only since I've been able to process it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm really glad that we, you know, that we're doing this yeah, and that we're making each other uncomfortable. Yeah, because it's it's not clear, at least not immediately. Yeah, dude. You know, and and you know, we we talked about John Piper and whatever. Like, you know, I think maybe we ought to give, you know, give him and others grace as well, and just pray yeah. that the that the Lord would help us to all see clearly, yeah. like really what's going on. Yeah. You know, um, like one thing I've been thinking of is in the in the prophets, first of all, like for the first time in a long time or maybe for the first time ever, it's like the stuff that's in the prophets about justice and judgment it really resonates with me. Yeah. And to me, it's re- it's like it's making me realize that all the discomfort that we feel about God's wrath and vengeance towards injustice and mm-hmm. sin it's really revealing about how privileged we are, mm. not revealing of like, mm. you know, God's right, like uh, Dang, injustice dude, or something. Preach it. That's good. That's yeah, good. Man. And as I've been thinking about the prophets and kind of like how much God is sending the same message over and over again, like you guys are unjust towards the poor, you guys are oppressing the weak, all yeah. this stuff. I wonder like how aware were the Israelites that this stuff was actually a problem or that it was going on? Mm. Like, why did God have to spend, send by special revelation yeah. a prophet to point these things out? Year after year. Could it have been, yeah, could it have been because they were blind to it too? Hmm. They didn't know, they didn't care. And how much of that is actually us? Yeah. You know, that we didn't know, we didn't care, right? Um, yeah. Something I've, I've been thinking about. That's real, man. 
I don't want to um again we have we have friends and family who are out there who are serving the public and who are risking their lives. We're good people. Yeah. You know? Um so again I, I wanna be cautious, but I'm gonna be honest too. Yeah, if not for all this chaos, um, I don't know how much I don't know if I would have cared this much. About the about what? About all of this too. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. systemic mm-hmm. racism. Right. About black people. Yeah, this is going to be mm-hmm. blunt. Okay, yeah. like yeah. I'm being honest, and if people get mad at me for saying that, I'm just being honest. Um, obviously, I'm not like trying to be racist, or I wasn't trying to be anyway. It's just yeah, when when it doesn't affect you directly, and you're living in comfort and relative privilege, it's easy to just not care. Yeah. Right. So I think we do. I I think we're all on the same page, guys. Guys, anyone who's listening to clar- to clarify, we don't want it. We don't want to see violence and destruction. Um, but at the same time, I think we should be cautious of how we address this issue, and really not get the priorities uh, mixed up or the emphases yeah. uh, uh, mixed up. Right. Be slow to point the finger. Yeah, because yeah. that's so easy online when we're not even part of it. Guys, I think. Um, Stephen, like you said, I'm really glad we could talk about this is this is messy stuff. And maybe that's one of the things that we need to admit. And I think it's helpful. It's just say, like, hey, this gets a little messy. Yeah. But let's not shy away from it. Yeah, Yeah. it's not comfortable. It's not clean. It's hard to wrap a pretty little bow around it. Yeah. But let's not um, make that uh, or or cause us to avoid it. Right. That's which I know we are tempted to do. I'm tempted to do that. Same. So I'm thankful for this time and this talk. Um, I think maybe if we can just wrap it up, um, I want to ask you guys a question. Uh, what words, as pastors, now this is more to, um, this is where we do maybe have a little bit more say and authority, or I don't know if we actually do, but um, it, we're supposed to, um, just to, you know, we're all connected to uh, church families. Um, what are some words of encouragement and even like uh, maybe to challenge our people um, or any just last words you want to say especially to the church um, yeah I'll let any of you guys if anyone's ready um, go ahead and take it away whoever wants to start I could start um, you know I think what's happening at least in the awareness department has been good like more people have their eyes opened um you know cell phones have changed the game in terms of uh what we see and uh what we have to confront and so as hard as it is i think keep your eyes open don't look at you know don't look at one source that's all negative but you know keep your eyes open as the church i think as to be honest as asian americans like I'm not knocking on anyone that's put posts up or like Instagram photos up, but like that's not enough. Like, mm. that's a good start. Um, I don't think we can pat ourselves on the back. Even this podcast, like, I don't think we can be like, oh, we saw everything's cool now, mm. right? I think if anything, we really need to figure out ways to support the black community very realistically, financially, mm. uh, even if it means like going to the protests, even if it means cleaning up after the protests like tangibly let's 
try to mobilize something because again uh, there's just a lot of talk these days it's worthless it's worthless just like I mean God's not gonna at the end of your life be like hey how much do you know about the history of black America hmm. I don't think he's gonna ask us that I think he's gonna say hey what did you do about injustice what did you do about your brother your literal brothers and sisters it's not like figuratively we're brothers and sisters we're literally made new into this new family they're our brothers and sisters what did you do about their plight and their their pain did you just sit and watch did you take a selfie and then say black lives matter like what did you actually do about it and so i know that's gonna look different for everybody but that's needed more than anything now Uh, you know talk is cheap and it's ironic because we just talked for an hour but i mean it was helpful for me but eventually we need to come to a point where we do anything hmm. so i mean that's that's what i would say thanks man um yeah i, I guess uh it's it is messy it's you know we're all processing this you know as we go along mm-hmm. um Andrew mentioned going to protests and speaking out and doing something, you know, being helpful in some way. Um, I just read a post by um, Barack Obama uh, this morning. And regardless of what you think about him, I I think he made a good point, which is that a lot of times when we think about politics and we think about elections, we are only focused on the federal offices. Um, And yes, you know, he he basically made the point like, yes, those those offices are important, but where you're going to have the most power to make kind of structural change is at the local level Mm. Um, by voting in, you know, that's big uh, police commissioners, DAs, like Mm. basically like, Mm. you know, people that can actually make a difference locally. Um, And so elections are coming up and I would encourage uh, believers out there to get engaged um, there are Christians that are quite engaged in politics, as we know. And, um, uh, you know, I think as Asians, we tend to be somewhat removed from that process. So I, that's what I, one thing I would say, you know, for, for many of us, we just don't know what to think or what to do. Um, there is one um, uh, kind of political group that um, I really appreciate. I, I'm just starting to learn about them. They're called the AND Campaign. Um, and their whole point is that progressivism or conservatism should not dictate our politics as Christians. We need to be, our politics need to be governed by both Christian orthodoxy, in other words, right belief, as well as Christian orthopraxy mm. and things like social justice and, um, you know, concern for the, uh, the least and the marginalized and things like that. So um, maybe worth checking out for you guys um, as I'm um, also kind of learning uh, kind of what, what is, um, how can we participate in this uh, in this sphere we'll leave the link uh, below so please check out check out these mm-hmm. resources yeah guys um thank you so much it was awesome talking with you learning together processing together and i hope that um we as a church can continue to do that uh, continue to listen to our neighbors who may be in need uh, who are in need and um it's just my hope and prayer that uh, our church, um, our churches, not only our local churches, but, you know, the church would really be um, a blessing of God's love and healing through the gospel um, to our communities, our nation, and to the world. So, um, you know, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, we love you guys all. If you want to talk to us, um, if you want to connect with us, um, you know, you can check us out on our Facebook 
which is reoriented.show. And if you want to even email us, um, we're just at reoriented.show at gmail. Uh, so you can do that too. And we'll provide all the links below. Uh, we're going to provide a link to the and campaign as well. If you want to check that out, I think that's going to be a really helpful resource um, as we continue in this journey all together. All right. Love you guys. Have a great time. Until the next episode, um, we'll see you.